Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Sean T. Welcome to Trust and Believe. And today, we are going deep. We are talking about depression, cancel culture, addiction, jail time, how you learn from jail time, and a whole lot more. So stick with us. Get ready to trust and believe. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome to Trust and Believe. I have to tell you a quick story before I introduce my next guest. I was actually just driving a few minutes ago and I was laughing about this. So, at the beginning of quarantine and the whole pandemic, I got on TikTok. And I originally got on TikTok because I was like, I want to dance, I want to see people dance, it's fun, like some outlet and release. And then... All of a sudden, in my kind of for you, whatever the algorithm does on TikTok, I kept seeing this woman who was hilarious. And I just was like, why does this person keep popping up in my feed? But I'm like, okay. And then kept popping up. And I found myself engaging and laughing and just living. And eventually I was like, well, clearly this is somebody that TikTok wants me to know. And clearly they are inspire me and motivating me and making me laugh and giving me a smile during my day and it just happened to be the I can say the now amazing Tiffany Jenkins welcome to trust and believe thank you so much I was nervous that you weren't talking about me that whole time and I was like do I act excited but then you said it was me so whew, thank you Oh my gosh, I was laughing because people used to say that this algorithm on TikTok knows you so well. And I'm like, they don't know me. I just want to dance. I'm like, I ain't trying to listen to some. And here's the thing that's really interesting, Tiffany. I don't go to comedy movies technically you know it's not it's not my first thing to go to but you are so funny and then later I started to hear more about your backstory and why you are you know just a bright light in people's day and why you're very honest which we'll get to in a little bit and so I'm happy that it was you so anyway what's up tell me what's going on in your life right now ah thanks not much honestly just eating (laughs) snacks and napping most of the time um, I actually took a break from TikTok in August 
because it was so addicting. It was too good. And I wasn't accomplishing things. My kids are like, we need to eat dinner. And I'm like, I'm trying to learn to dance. You're going to have to wait. But it was funny when you reached out to me because I actually, um, when I first started having kids, I went through your program two times, T25. um, It was very interesting to go from you being in my living room, like yelling at me in a good way to saying that you dig me because I'm like, wow, what a small world. That was clearly a long time ago. Um, (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) But I'm just as excited to talk to you. So I think it's great. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast is we can be very real, super honest, and our listeners just love hearing people's backstories. And I know... I do know that you took a break from TikTok, which I must say I was happy on one end because I'm like, I totally get why you need a break from TikTok. I used to post every day and now I post maybe once a week because it is a lot. But um, so I was happy in that respect. But I was also really sad because you were so great. You were one of my favorite people to follow. It was just it's just so great. But anyway, I'm happy you took a break for you. And I'm just going to jump right into it. You use the word, you know, it was addicting and it is. And. And that is a lot and has a lot to do with your backstory. So for people who know you and love you and love to laugh and smile with you, I want you to give us your backstory on, you know, why you actually use humor every single day to brighten people's day. Yes, I went through a really dark time myself. I was addicted to opiates for about 10 years and that was never my plan growing up. Like I was a great kid. And I just happened to be the kind of person that can get addicted to things. And my life spiraled out of control so quickly. And I found myself wanting to die every day because I felt like I was trapped in this vicious cycle. Um, And I didn't know how to get out. And I, at one point, I thought that getting in a relationship with a deputy sheriff would help me um, get clean. But what ended up happening was he had no idea that I was using and so I was getting high and keeping up this image of being a good upstanding citizen and so for two and a half years I hid my addiction from him until my arrest Hmm. and I spent 120 days in jail and it was the lowest point in my life Um, and when I looked towards the future it was really dark I had no hope but um, my So my dad came and visited me in jail on Christmas, and he had been an alcoholic my whole life. And he told me, he said, "Um, I'm sober. I've been sober for 60 days, so I need you to get out of here and do the right thing so we could do recovery together as a family. And his love when I didn't deserve it is what inspired me to make the decision to go to rehab in 2012. And um, this month, actually, on the 26th, I'll have eight years clean and sober. Congratulations. And I will say really fast, you know, I heard you say you didn't deserve it, but no matter what dark times you're in, I know you feel like whatever you feel. Some people feel like I'm a failure. I'm a fuck up. I'm all of these things, but you always deserve love. And I know you know that now and you again, exude love to people and make people smile every day. But I wanted to say that I want to backtrack just a little bit because there are people out there right now who are doing what you were doing, which is they're functioning in society every day and they're hiding their addiction. Uh, can you help 
us understand exactly what they're going through and what that was like and some tips you can give that person to help them, you know, push forward and try to get a little better? A lot of times people get addicted because they have like an injury and then the doctor prescribes them medication and before they know it, their body is like withdrawing from it. Um, And for me, it wasn't that. I was just like lost and anxious and looking to feel numb. And so that's why I started using. But regardless of how you started, if you right now are struggling and you feel like the drugs or the alcohol is your only coping mechanism to deal with life, um, and you ask yourself, like, is my life unmanageable? And the answer is yes. And are you powerless over it? And the answer is yes. Then it's time to definitely like reevaluate. The most important message, for the record, I didn't graduate high school. I don't have a degree in anything, so I'm not like qualified to give advice. But wait a minute, I'm going to say you have a degree in experience. That is a bigger degree than someone learning about it. And I'm not trying to shade the people that went to for four or eight years and got an education. But there's nothing like going through an experience. I'm listening to you and even going through my sexual abuse. When I've spoken to people who went through it, I feel it on a different level because they just just experienced it that way. And I didn't want to cut you off, but you you have a you have a bigger doctorate. You have a life doctorate, an experienced doctorate. So I'm sorry, but continue on. No, I love that you said that because it is really true. I think that when you go through something, it's a lot easier to shine light on the subject because you've been there. And I I felt like I was hopeless and I felt like it's all that there would ever be because there wasn't a lot of stories about people overcoming it or living in recovery. So I didn't have anybody to look up to and I, my goal is to show people that a life after addiction is possible, a life after self-harm and you know eating disorders, whatever it is. The biggest thing is sharing your truth, reaching out for help and saying, I have a problem. And I think the more people like you and me talk about these dark parts that we kept a secret for so long, the more we bring light to it, the more we're able to show others that a life is possible after that. Um, and I think that reaching out for help is the greatest gift that you can give yourself. There was a time when I was in suicide watch in my jail cell and I, I thought that death was my only option um, because I, did, I felt like my body was broken and I wasn't meant to live a life. But I had no way of knowing back then like what the future had in store for me. I couldn't see it. Even if I sat in that cell all day and tried to envision it, I never envisioned getting married and having these beautiful babies and writing a book and, you know, talking to you. There's no way that I could have seen that. And so if you're in a dark place and you feel like there's no hope, you have to know that the universe has a plan and is working. You just have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Speaking of kind of reaching out to people, the flip side of you being the person that is addicted and going through these really tough times, how would you help people describe what it feels like on the other side? I know now a life after addiction, you've, you've probably had a chance to talk to your family, friends, your loved ones who was seeing you go through this. And what are some tips or just experiences that you've had to help them, you know, lean on people even though they're afraid? Right. 
I think that there's always a lot of anger geared towards addicts because when we're in active addiction, we're kind of shitty people. Like we're stealing from you and lying and manipulating. And so it's understandable that all that anger and hatred is there. But I think that if somebody loves an addict and they do want them to get better, that the biggest thing that they can do is just like educate themselves about it because there's things that you may be doing that might be allowing the addict to live in that addiction easier or longer, like giving them money and things like that. But as somebody who's made it out the other side so far, because it could end tomorrow, one drink Mm. and I'm done. Um, I think that in the beginning I tried really hard to prove to everybody that I was different and that I was doing the right thing. Um, but then I realized like, it's not my job to prove to anybody else. I didn't get clean for them. I got clean for me. And hopefully over time, my actions will show them. And if not, that's okay. These people will be a bonus in my life, but they're not necessary. I do want to talk about what it was like to be in jail. What was your experience? Did you feel like it helped you? Did you feel like, you know, the corrections facilities can do things to really aid people in a better way to get better. Um, I would love for you to talk about that a little bit. When I was in jail, I ended up, what's weird is like you end up adapting to situations. So in the beginning, I remember looking around and I would see people laughing and joking and I couldn't comprehend it. I'm like, how are people happy here? I'm miserable. I want to die. But the more the drugs left my system and I kind of like accepted my fate, I adapted, and I don't think that the jail I went to particularly um, did a lot for addiction and things like that. It physically kept me away from the drugs. Like, I couldn't get to them as easily, but my mind was still just as broken, and I would see people getting released and coming back in, being rearrested in the time that I was there, and I couldn't... I'm like, if I have the opportunity to listen to music again or, like, breathe fresh air, I'm not going to mess it up. So what do I have to do? And they offered Narcotics Anonymous meetings once a week, but I only went to, like, get out of the pod to get a change of scenery. There's a jail in my town now where it's called a recovery pod, and you apply for it if you're in for a drug charge, and they move you to a separate pod where from sun up to sundown, you're taking classes and you're watching videos and there's speakers coming in to talk to you and you're doing worksheets. And that to me is rehabilitation. That to me is going to make a difference. That is, uh, that is, I think, a major thing that a lot of these corrections facilities need because the show, as you've seen before, they actually put these people undercover in jail so that they can give the sheriff or the warden or whomever is in charge of the jail tips on how the, to run the facility better. So I'm really happy to know that there are programs out there like that to you know help people. We're going to take a quick commercial break because when we come back, we're going to talk about why you shouldn't have to prove yourself to people. And we're going to talk about why Tiffany uses humor to inspire people every single day, especially me. We'll be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We are back on Trust and Believe with the amazing Tiffany Jenkins. I wish we could hang out, but you know, we in this quarantine situation. We're going to go into a little more Trust and Believe topic, if you will, and that is proving yourself to people. Trust me, I've had my fair share of going through having to prove myself to people, especially being young, being gay, trying to act straight, then realizing that straight ain't shit because there are straight men that act more feminine than me and just kind of growing up trying to prove yourself to people and then realizing really not into the age of probably 40, 41 fully that proving yourself to people does nothing but continue to hide you from who you really are. And so I know as you were going through addiction, you probably had a lot of proving yourself to people and maybe especially after you were getting better to prove that, you know, I don't have to, I'm not the addict anymore or all of these things that maybe someone who is addicted to something before have to go through. Tell me about your proving yourself to people journey and how you were able to or how you're still working through you know just being who you are authentically with a little less care or like they say on social media land with zero fucks given (laughs) i i wish to be honest with you i'm a huge people pleaser and i want everybody to like me i can't help it it's like exhausting and so i have all these people looking at me on social media and I try to say the right thing and do the right thing all the time and it's exhausting but I feel like I no longer have to prove that I'm sober to people because I feel like my actions show that but I'm constantly trying to prove like hey I'm a good person I'm not trying to offend anybody with what I'm saying and it is it's exhausting and I saw this quote and it said something like the idea of me that you've created in your head is not my responsibility and that like sat with me I'm like thank you exactly and I'm really Mm. trying to work on it Um, I love who I am today there's a point where I hated who I was and nobody wanted to hear anything I had to say and now they do and I just want to make sure that everything I say is real you had someone on and I'm going to mess her name up completely but she was talking about brainstorming authenticity Hayet yes she's incredible yes and it's so true I feel like there's this thing going on on social media where people are trying to kind of like fake it manufactured authenticity and it gets on my nerves because it's sending the wrong message. I think regard if your house is messy, if your house is clean, if your kids are crazy or if they're well-behaved, it doesn't matter. Just being who you are is going to help somebody regardless. And it's so important. I think that the weirder you are and the more you like deviate from the generic people who are all doing the same thing, all looking the same way, all acting the same way, if you deviate from that 
the world would be such a more colorful, beautiful place. And so that's my goal is it's okay to be weird and awkward and just be who you are. And you don't have to prove yourself to anybody because the right people will stick around. It's so true. I don't know if you know, I'm going to take you into a little TikTok drama right now, Ooh. but I think this will help with what we're talking about. So everyone knows the um, the young girl, or she may be a teenager now, Charlie D'Amelio, I think her last name is. Mm-hmm. So her family put a video up on YouTube and they were having this discussion around the table. And the discussion kind of turned into how she had a million followers maybe a year ago and now she's close to a hundred million and she was like you know it'd be really really cool to have even numbers like she was saying how she liked having like an even number of followers and she they also have a private chef and they were just kind of being them in their home whereas if we were sitting with them in their home we would be like laughing or just having a general conversation and so everyone on social media took it out of context and they were and it was like this cancel culture you know, viciously, they were like, let's see if we can get 500,000 followers taken away from her. Now she's down this far. She's down this far. And it made me really sad. And I don't even know this girl. I'm getting upset about it. It made me really sad because I'm like, people put people on such a high pedestal that if she, like this young girl who is 15 or 16 years old or something like that, you expect her to be as mature as maybe a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 50-year-old? Like, are you are you kidding me? And then you have all of these people who are trying to cancel her. And I just, I said to myself, I'm like, okay, so for the last year, you were all like, oh my gosh, she can dance. Oh my goodness, she's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, she's wearing that sweatshirt and everything was perfect. She does one thing that's imperfect and you want to cancel her. I love that you actually like making people smile. But if I can give you a little Shanti motivation, you ain't got to, everybody ain't got to like you. You know what I mean? Because you are so likable, just who you are and your story and your backstory. And this is what I tell a lot of people. The backstory, meaning what people don't know, Mm. is what makes you even more amazing because it goes into that unique, colorful, you know, feeling that everyone has that you were talking about before. Thank you so much. I really It means a lot coming from you. It, cancel culture is my biggest fear. It is. And I think that hurt people just want to hurt other people. And I think a lot of it stems from envy. And I think about Charlie all the time and how when I was 15, I was like watching TGIF and eating Dunkaroos. And I can't imagine um, the world watching me and waiting for me to mess up so that they can pounce on me. I, it's like that with everybody. And it's it's very scary. And so that's why I say, like, when you when we die, um, we're not taking any of this with us. We're not taking the money. We're not taking the fame. We're not taking any of these people who have an opinion about us with us. It's just us and the memories we create. So I'm trying to funnel all my attention to my family and the people who get me and bring me joy and not give too much attention to Billy in Idaho who's being a jerk for no reason. <laughs> it's so true. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who is I believe now 71 I love talking to people that are much older than me because it really gives you a different perspective in life and we were at dinner this is when we could go to dinner (laughs) and you know together but he was saying how people should spend less time focusing on trying to be perfect and just worry about their legacy which is what you were kind of just talking about like the memories that you leave here and if you focus more on your legacy then your imperfections are 
are actually great lessons for, especially for me and you, our kids. They're gonna they're gonna know our our story. They're gonna be inspired and motivated by the thing that the thing and things that weren't great. And so um, I don't know. Just that conversation. I think it's a great lesson for everyone out there. It's like. Okay, you're not perfect. I love being a person. If you're feeling like you're having like the shittiest day, I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign on that. I'm gonna be like, yes, have your shitty day, because it's we all have them and we all need them. And those people who are who are judging you, they're the same people who log off from your page or log off from that app, and they're dealing with shit that they're hiding anyway. Yes, but. You are the kind of person that loves to make us smile. So let's get into this ridiculous, if I can use this in a loving, (laughs) you know, endearing term, you are ridiculous. And I be cracking the bleep up every time on your videos. I'm like, who is she and why is she acting like that? (laughs) And then you make the silliest face on the planet. So everyone who's listening, you have to go follow Tiffany on social media or you should go to YouTube if you're not watching this and and just see her faces because she's so great. But anyway, that's the face. So tell me about your humor. Where does it come from? How do you create these ridiculous skits and how much time does it take you to edit them? Because they're really good. Thank you. Uh, The skits where there's a lot of characters, it takes longer, obviously, because I have to try to line up the conversations. My... I. I don't know. I get ideas when I'm like laying awake at night, not sleeping. And I'm like, you know, it'll be funny. But my main goal is to have like an underlying message with the videos. Like they're silly, but then it's, there's a message underneath it. And, uh, I, my humor has got to come from my dad. He was an interesting dude. Like he glued AstroTurf, uh, to the outside of his pickup truck and glued farm animals on there. But I, I thought you were going to say <laughs> He was weird, man. He was, but he was so funny. My mom told him to clean the carpets because my grandma was coming in. And he spray painted them instead because he was also, I think, on acid. But either way, he showed me from a really young age that it was okay to be weird. And I've always, and also, I grew up being like a dork. I was, I was really overweight and I had super thick glasses and nobody wanted to date me. So I, the sense of humor kind of was a defense mechanism. Like if I make fun of myself mm. first, you can't make fun of me. And it's just. The self-deprecating humor is something I've always done. But when you tell yourself something long enough, you start to believe it. And so I'm really working on being kinder to myself, but it's hard. But I love, uh, I just, I love making people laugh. And all the stuff that I spent my life trying to hide and being ashamed of is now being celebrated on the internet. And it's the most freeing experience that I, and I don't ever have to pretend to be something that I'm not. And I love that. I was going to say that that is the most freeing part because whatever's going on in your head, you're actually putting it out there. And, you know, kind of going back to those imperfections or those moments, it goes to show that the things that are going on in your head are going on in a lot of other people's head. That's why I should, that's why I tell people, if you feel it, post about it. If you feel it, talk about it. Because if you're feeling it, someone else is thinking about it or they're going through it just the same. Yes, that's so. I think that's what makes the world go round, honestly, is helping others. And by me talking about what's going on inside my brain and showing someone else who's like at their wits' end that they're not alone, there's this moment where you're like, I thought I was the only one and I'm not. And you realize, like, in that moment, okay, 
if this person's okay, then I can be okay too. And I think that's the most important thing and what's so important about being authentic and real. Why is it so important for you to use humor to actually bring awareness to really important topics and issues? I think that when you just talk at somebody or lecture them about a certain subject, their eyes kind of glaze over and they get bored. But if you start with humor, like their ears perk up and they're listening and they're engaged and it always starts, you know, with the humor stuff and then it's like, boom, anxiety and depression suck. And they're like, whoa, you know what I mean? It's, um, I think that um, a lot of people have a misconception about addiction and mental health and I think it's okay to make light of it and talk about it and humor seems to work. Well, let's talk about that for a really quick second. Anxiety, depression, mental health, because I suffer from anxiety and I've really over the last, I would say, year and eight months, like got a, uh, a hold of it a little better. But um, yeah, talk about that a little bit in your experience. My anxiety is it's horrendous and I feel like it sucks the joy out of a lot of moments Um, It's always been bad, but when I started having kids, it got so much worse. And I think it's because... (laughs) Tiffany, that's when it exacerbated for me too. Really? Oh my gosh, continue. Yes, I've never heard anyone else say that, but it's so... I'm not alone. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, No, you're not. I, I think it's because I love them so much. And they... They are everything to me that the quick idea of something happening to them is unbearable. And so I am such a helicopter parent. I, I it's, I, I will hover, hover. <laughs> yeah. When we go out anywhere, I'm constantly like, slow down, watch out. I'm trying to imagine danger that doesn't exist yet so that I can get them to avoid it. And, it um i sometimes feel like my family would have more fun if like i wasn't there at these events because i feel like i stop them from learning lessons and exploring and getting hurt so much that they're going to be softies when they grow up and my husband's like let them be kids but i'm like no if i could nestle <laughs> them back up into my body i would where they were safe but it is it is true it does bring out a whole nother other level of anxiety so how do you cope with the anxiety how do you how do you deal with it i am i go to therapy first of all i went to a doctor about it who worked on a plan with me um i also do like lots of little weird stuff that works for me i have um who you do weird stuff oh my gosh (laughs) i i love it (laughs) i have bowls of water beads that i just jam my hands into I shouldn't admit that out loud, probably. No, you should absolutely admit it because I'm like here for it. I'm like, where's my? Come on. It just, no, go ahead. Sorry. It feels ahead. so nice <laughs> on your hands, and it's very like relieving. And like, I play with slime, not the sticky, weird, f my life kind, but like the harder yeah. kind. And I love guided meditations on YouTube, and it's where like these people talk you out of your own thoughts and they're like just hey you're just walking through the forest man like just be there (laughs) and it gives my brain a break tell me what is your most favorite video that you've ever made 
your humorous video or tell me about one of your videos that has gone viral because I would love for everyone to go see it and look at it. Um, My favorite video is not one that has gone viral. My favorite video is a video called Underqualified and it's a mom trying to return to the workforce after being a stay-at-home mom and the uh, boss found out that she's been a stay-at-home mom and said she's underqualified. And so she puts her hair up and she's like, let me explain how qualified I am. And I used footage from like my real life of me being a doctor to my kids' boo-boos, being a referee at their games, like all of the titles that you have as a parent that qualify you for just about anything. And it's my favorite because my kids are in it. And um, But the video that's done the best is If My Brain Had a Morning Meeting. That's usually the one that resonates with people the most. And... It's all the different quirks of our brain at a table, meeting, getting ready to see how they can F up my day. I love that. And it's like depression, anxiety, the brain is running the meeting. And people really dig that video. And I almost didn't post it because I was so embarrassed. Mm. But um, it's the most popular. And so, it again, uh, it's something that I hid for a long time. But now it's like, okay, I could talk about this. We'll get the links to those and put them in the show notes because I think that's really great. I love having both. One that goes viral that related to a lot of people and one that's near and dear and special to you. I think people will obviously definitely relate to that. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you most? Like, Do you have anything where people can really get interpersonal with you, maybe have conversations where if they're going through things that you're either going through or been through in the past where you're helping them out? I have an email that people are welcome to email. Sometimes it gets overwhelming and my brain is like, you can't fix everybody, chill. Um, But (laughs) you're welcome to send it. It's support at Juggling the Jenkins. Um, And I spend most of my time on Facebook and Instagram. I go live um, on Facebook a lot and try to connect with people there. Facebook's like my main place and then Instagram's a second. And then YouTube. I I don't know why we have to have 94 platforms. It's very, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Speaking of a lot, your screen name is Juggling the Jenkins, and I feel like that with with social media. But why did you choose Juggling the Jenkins? Because I was going to be a family blogger at first, and, oh. and everybody has trendy names like Tending to the Tillmans, and so it's <laughs> Jenkins, but now it's like... <laughs> branched out to other stuff and everybody like forgets the name they're like oh you're the girl from jugs that are jiggling and i'm like close <laughs> so i it's i i wish i would have done tiffany jenkins but it's fine i'm juggling the jenkins, no the, jenkins, the kids the recovery the husband all of it i love that um i think it's a great name and if you ever had a tv show they don't need to rename anything because it's perfect i was trying to help them what does trust and believe mean to you? And specifically, if you um, could speak to people who may be going through addiction, how do you help them or how can you help them trust and believe in who they are? Trust and believe. The first thing that came to mind when you said it is trusting that bigger things are at work, that there is something greater than us that has given us this purpose in life. There's a reason why we're here and it's not for nothing. There's a lot of work that goes into keeping us alive every day. And so we have to trust that it's happening for a reason and believe that we're capable of living a happy and successful life, whatever that means to us. And so if you're 
um, trying to kick a vice and you feel hopeless, you'd have to trust um, that reaching out for help, while scary, um, can lead you to the life that you are always meant to be and believe that you are worthy of. Tiffany, thank you so much. You are just you really are a bright light to so many people and i hope you continue to shed that light and spread that light which i know you will because knowing your brain we're gonna get a lot more fun stuff uh so everyone please go follow tiffany please 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 she's so fun uh hopefully when the pandemic is over i can meet her in person where exactly are you by the way i'm in sarasota florida oh mm-hmm. i've never been to sarasota but you think I'd be Tanner because I live right on the beach, but I never live. <laughs> That's okay. But everyone, thank you so much for joining this episode of Trust and Believe. Please visit the show notes so you can get everything and find Tiffany everywhere. Uh, she's really fun to follow. And please leave a review for the podcast. We love hearing your reviews. And also let us know what you want to talk more about here on Trust and Believe. Have an amazing day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.